This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. If you're looking for a used vehicle, used car, truck, van, SUV, crossover, sometimes they even have more like motorcycles, go to rbcarcompany.com. Again, they got their, their full inventory, their special promotions right there on their website. Uh, an Indiana man, another Indiana man, another one. The D.C. attacker was from Indiana. This one is in Portland. Uh, now, again, this is uh, stemming from all of the, the race riots and everything else that's happening in Portland, Antifa, all of that stuff. So an Indiana man has been indicted on multiple charges, including attempted murder of two police officers stemming from separate riots in Portland last year in which he is accused of throwing Molotov cocktails at law enforcement. Um, on the Discord server today, the video was posted of the actual attack. So I'm going to include that in the daily show prep today. And if you're not a member of Discord, I suggest you hop onto trovo.live slash Casey the host and request to become a member of our Discord server because you're missing out. Uh, Malik Muhammad, good Protestant name, 24 years old, was arrested in Indianapolis on Friday in multiple warrants, including... Uh, was according to the uh, district attorney in the Mult, Mult, Multnomah County uh, District Attorney's Office, uh, Muhammad will be extradited to Oregon, where he will face multiple felonies as part of a 28-count indictment, which includes charges of riot, unlawful manufacture of a destructive device, and attempted murder in the first degree. Prosecutors said the charges stem from four separate incidents in the fall of 2020, in Portland, where Muhammad allegedly traveled for the specific purpose of engaging in multiple criminal acts. It's kind of what everybody who traveled to Portland did last year. In the first incident, that was on September 5th, Muhammad, quote, engaged in tumultuous and violent conduct near the Portland Police Bureau's East Precinct that resulted in a grave risk of causing public harm. Later, on September 21st, Muhammad is accused of throwing a burning object described as a large yellow bottle similar to a beer growler. I got pictures of it here in this article. Towards a police vehicle occupied by a Portland Police Bureau sergeant during a demonstration um, near the, the Penubra Kelly building. So again, he threw basically a Molotov cocktail with a beer growler. Okay, uh, He threw that at the vehicle with a police sergeant inside the vehicle. And I believe that's the video that is up on our Discord server right now, which I'll put in the daily show prep today. Now, the bottle had a burned rag stuffed in the mouth of it and contained a large amount of liquid. Uh, let's see. Third incident, which took place on September 23rd, just two days later, involved a similar burning object that prosecutor said Muhammad threw at a group of police officers outside of the county justice center. This time, the device exploded and a large fireball reached one officer. Okay, so the second the second incident, the previous incident, I'm looking at a picture of the bottle. That one didn't blow up. He, he, didn't, he didn't get the whole flammable thing right. The third incident, which happened on September 23rd of last year, that's the video that we have where he threw this Molotov cocktail at police officers. And it blew up. Uh, they put the fire out pretty darn quick, but at least one person caught on fire in the, in the video. Um, the device exploded. A large fireball reached one officer whose lower le lower leg was briefly briefly caught on fire. They got that fire out pretty quick, thank God. Uh, the fourth incident, which happened on October 11th, he laid low for a couple of weeks. 
involves allegations that Muhammad, again, Protestant, used a metal baton to smash out the windows of the Oregon Historical Society, Portland State University, Sprint T-Mobile, Bank of America, and Ben Bridge Jewelers. Police searched Muhammad and found a loaded magazine that fit a 9mm pistol that was recovered in the vicinity. So, well, I, you know, maybe there's some truth then that uh, Indiana is the reason for gun crime everywhere else because he's from Indianapolis and he traveled to Portland and he took a piece with him. Uh, Portland Police Bureau said that Muhammad is responsible for tens of thousands of dollars in damage to properties in downtown Portland. So they got him. They arrested him. Uh, he is being extradited to Oregon right now. He's in Marion County. He's uh, in, in the jail there, and he awaits extradition to Oregon, according to prosecutors. So, hey, who's your pride, right? Who's your pride? All right, let's uh, take a look at the southern border. And for those of you who are on the live stream here, let me just go ahead and get the uh, the window up and running for everybody so you can see what I'm looking at. Uh, let's see. Criminal alien arrests near the U.S. border have exceeded 4,500 in 2021. So what, we're four months into this thing. We're four months into this thing. And they've arrested more than 4,500 criminals at southern border. Um, there was a, um, a couple of rapists that got caught last week. I don't know if you saw that. They had already been kicked out of the country. They're coming back in. As the Border Patrol struggles to deal with the surge of migrants this fiscal year, one law enforcement source speaking on condition of anonymity told Breitbart, Texas, that more than 4,500 criminal aliens with serious records have been apprehended since October 1st, 2020, which is the beginning of the fiscal year. All right, so fiscal year, uh, not, uh, not the calendar year. The term criminal alien is not used by the Border Patrol to refer to migrants with standalone immigration violations. It is reserved for those with convictions or state and federal crimes like murder, rape, sexual assault, burglary, robbery, narcotics, and others. So there you go, 4,500 of them in the fiscal year. So that started in October. Uh, now, also in Breitbart, and by the way, we're going to have a special guest from Breitbart here at 3.30 to talk about China. Two Yemenis who are on the FBI terrorism watch list were also apprehended at the southern border in California. And for those of you on the live stream at trovo.live slash Casey, the host, you're, you're looking at them and by golly, looks like they tried to pass as Mexican. Hmm. El Centro sector border patrol agents arrested two Yemeni nationals who illegally crossed the border into the U.S. in separate incidents during the past two months. Agents identify both men as being on the FBI terrorism's watch list and the no-fly list. Isn't that nice? There's a report out there that Biden may actually consider finishing some of the sections of the border wall that Trump started because people are pouring through over there. Wouldn't that be something? One, you're admitting that Trump was right. Two, you're admitting clearly this thing has gotten out of hand at the southern border. Uh, three, you're irritating your base who doesn't want you to keep any of these terrorists or criminals or, or traffickers out of the country. They want them all to come over. And that's what you want. I mean, let's let's not pretend. Every time they go and they do this man on the street and they talk to a, a liberal or, or some left-wing student or something like that, and they ask them, you know, should there be any borders? And they say, no, borders are, are bullcrap. Well, all you're saying is you want the terrorists to come in. You want the sex traffickers to come in. You want the cartels and the drugs to come in. You want the murderers and the rapists to come in. And you also want the people who just want to clean toilets and be indentured servants making almost no money and are basically trapped in a dead-end cycle for the rest of their lives. You, you want them to come in, too. 
Real nice. Yeah, it's so compassionate, so humanitarian of you. So, again, it, it's just another example. I told you at the beginning of this that all of the old stories from the Obama era are going to be new again. Every single one of them. And what did we have in the Obama era? A lot of terrorists disguised themselves as uh, Central and South American and Mexican in order to sneak into the United States. And a lot of them got through. We caught a lot of them, but who knows how many we didn't catch. And we know that some of them got through because we caught them later on after they had already been working on their plans. Real nice stuff, right? I talked about the U.S. Southern Command and how the U.S. Southern Command had issued huge warnings about terrorism at the southern border, and the Obama administration just ignored them. So much so that the U.S. Southern Command was perpetually on high alert. It was perpetually on high alert for terrorists at the southern border. The Obama administration didn't do anything about it. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Get into some very interesting things uh, from the CDC and AstraZeneca here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, not that AstraZeneca really affects the United States all that much, but we'll get into it. You'll understand what I'm, what I'm talking about here in a minute. AllNaturalCBD.org. This is where you go for the lotion. I still get this question probably three times a week. Casey, what's that CBD place again? AllNaturalCBD.org. Promo code KC10. You can also go to any local e-cig works, and you can get the same products at e-cig works. And my promo code works at every local e-cig works as well. Uh, if you do get a new employee who doesn't know about the code, just ask for the manager. They'll be able to square you away. But if you're looking for something to relieve pain that doesn't smell awful, you don't want to smell like a bunch of medicine or have this greasy, disgusting blob on you, this is a real lotion. It's a high-quality lotion, so it soothes and moisturizes the skin. It's absorbed very efficiently, and you get full-spectrum CBD. You can get 250, 500, or 1,000 milligrams of CBD in this lotion. You get a larger bottle, high quali higher-quality CBD, and you get it for a lower price. Go to allnaturalcbd.com. Dot org promo code KC10. All right, let's take a look at what's happening here. We've been following the AstraZeneca situation in Europe. Now, AstraZeneca vaccine isn't being used here, but it is being used in, in Europe. And it, it got stopped by a couple of countries after some serious side effects were discovered with it. And then we had these countries come out and go, well, there's actually no evidence at all. Yet several countries stop it because of reactions to it. And then they all came out and they said, well, actually, we don't really have any evidence that any of this is tied to the vaccine. So we're using the vaccine again. Well, now a clear link between the AstraZeneca vaccine and rare blood clots in the brain have been established. This is interesting stuff. Um, there is a link between AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine and very rare blood clots in the brain but the possible causes are still unknown. Now, this is according to a senior official at the European Medicines Agency, or the EMA, in an interview that was published, well, I guess today. Hey, Tuesday? Yeah, it was published today. In my opinion, we can say it, it is clear that there is an association with the vaccine. However, we still do not know what causes this reaction. Now, that is Marco Cavallari, the chair of the vaccine evaluation team at the EMA, he was talking to Italian Daily 
Uh, Il Misagaro? No idea. Hopefully I got that somewhere in the wheelhouse and didn't offend anybody. Um, So, you know, they were asking, obviously the press is saying, hey, are you sure about this connection? Because we've been told there might be a connection. And then all these other countries are saying, well, there isn't a connection. He's like, yeah, we've established it's, it's the vaccine that's causing this. We just don't know how it's causing it. Now, keep in mind, this is AstraZeneca's vaccine. This is not Moderna. This is not Pfizer. And this is not Johnson and Johnson. This does not affect the United States. Just want to make that crystal clear. All right. I'm just pointing this out. Uh, Cavallari also added that the EMA would say that there is a link, although the regulator would not likely be in a position this week to give an indication regarding the age of individuals to whom these shots should be given. Um, So now they're looking at limiting who can actually get the shot as a result of this uh, side effect. Now, the CDC has finally caught up to me. Now, this is what I got to tell you. This is embarrassing. I don't say this gloatingly. I'm a radio host, guys. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to evaluate the news. I'm supposed to give you my opinion about stuff. I'm supposed to ask your opinion about stuff. I am not supposed to be outpacing the CDC on scientific research. It's embarrassing that somebody like me is doing that, to be perfectly honest with you. The last time I told you this was in November. So we're we're going back six months. Um, I, I reiterated it again four months ago. But you go back in time, and we have a lot of research that says you're not going to get COVID from touching something. Okay? You're going to get it because it's airborne. Now, the World Health Organization doesn't want anybody to know it's airborne, even though the medical community has universally established COVID is airborne. There's still some people, even some pundits, that are like, no, 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 it's, it's really droplets. No, it's aerosolized, folks. It's airborne. That's what the medical scientific community all agrees on. The World Health Organization doesn't want anybody to admit that. You remember when the CDC finally did say, yes, this is an airborne virus? And then the World Health Organization called the CDC that very day and told them to take that down off of the website. And then like a week or so later, the CDC says, airborne, but not really airborne. None of it made any sense. Now, of course, the reason that they don't want you to know it's airborne is once you know it's airborne, guess what goes out the window? Any and all mask science. It's gone. Any and all mask science is completely out the window the moment people know it's airborne because those masks don't do jack squat for airborne particles and everybody knows it. Where they can be beneficial is with droplets. That's where they can be beneficial. As long as you're getting rid of any contaminated mask and you're sanitizing it, throwing it away, whatever. But the virus isn't really spread that way. It can be. It's just not the primary way that it spreads. Very rare for it to spread that way. But also touching uh, surfaces is really not going to infect you. So now this is the CDC is now calling this and I'm quoting them. Hygiene theater. So all this sanitizing everything is now hygiene theater, according to the CDC. I've been telling you this for eight, nine months. And the last time that I gave you, I think, a new piece of data on this was four to six months ago. I know that I gave you something in November. I found something on my website from November. 
but I also have something from four months ago, and I'm pretty sure that I talked about it on the show. So the Center for Disease Control and Prevention is urging Americans to put more into better ventilation practices and less into sanitizing objects to stop the spread of COVID. You know, we're, we're what, 13 months into this thing as an epidemic in the United States? And they're finally getting around to this? This is something that was discovered really early on because guess what? People were going to the grocery store weren't getting sick. It is possible for people to be infected through contact with contaminated surfaces or objects, but the risk is generally considered to be low, the CDC said. I've been telling you this for a long time. And not because I'm a genius, but because that's what the actual medical research showed. The so-called hygiene theater is described as the high priority people are giving to sanitizing objects in fear of COVID-19, such as restaurants sanitizing everything from menus to window ledges, something the CDC said shouldn't be as high a priority to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Surface transmission of COVID-19 is not justified at all by the science, said Emmanuel Goldman, a microbiology professor at Rutgers, New Jersey Medical School. Now, that was in the Atlantic, July of 2020. So you've got this microbiology professor at Rutgers, New Jersey Medical School. We told you about this in July of 2020, telling you that there is zero science out there that justifies you getting COVID from touching surfaces. Now, remember, I just did one here recently that said, don't worry about doorknobs and stuff like that. You're not going to get COVID that way. I think that was the one that was four months ago. I'm almost positive. I, I would be willing to bet a lot of your lives on it, not my own, but a lot of yours that I told you about that on the show. So now the CDC has caught up to all of this, this research, and this has been the problem all along. Fauci has been behind on the medical research, sometimes by a year or more. The CDC has been behind at least six months on everything, and the World Health Organization just refuses to acknowledge any of the current data at all, mostly because China is controlling them. That's a real problem. And in fact, speaking of China controlling the World Health Organization, we're going to have Breitbart News National Security Deputy Editor John Hayward joining us in the next couple of minutes to talk about that very thing. That's next on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Boy, that could be the longest news break I think that we have ever had. Anyway, we've got a very special guest who I now feel really bad for having John Hayward, who is the National Security Deputy Editor for Breitbart News. I feel bad for having him on hold that long. John, how you doing, man? Welcome to the program. Well, I'm doing great. There's no trouble at all. I can always use more news. Well, there's there's that. At least at least we're trying to give you at least a balanced approach to it. Man, we have got to That's talk about the World Health point. Organization. Uh, yeah, exactly. We gotta talk about the World Health Organization in China, man. This is this has been something that I have been on in December. It, it just it, tell me if this kind of if you hit you the same way in December, we're learning about all of this. China, in my opinion, was already acting very funny and the history with China and the World Health Organization. I had that in the back of my mind, but I instantly saw how China was shutting everything off. They weren't cooperating. They weren't helping. They were taking information offline. It seemed like China had been caught doing something they shouldn't be doing if not intentionally releasing this thing. Is that the same impression that you got pretty early on? 
That, that is. I have always thought the most likely explanation is that the coronavirus came out of one of China's laboratories in the Wuhan area, probably not on purpose, probably an inadvertent release, maybe bad handling of some animal products or something that got it out of there, and that once it began spreading through Wuhan, which clearly surprised the Chinese government, they had no idea it was going to be as bad as it was, once it started spreading, they made a conscious decision to export it to the rest of the world, and they did everything they could, including using their leverage at the World Health Organization to disable every effort to block the coronavirus and prevent it from spreading. All of a sudden, travel bans were the worst thing in the world. You couldn't even think about denying Chinese people access to your country. That was xenophobia. And so they made darn sure it got exported to every corner of the planet. And then once the whole world had it, China set about winning the political war over the coronavirus. And I think this World Health Organization report we're talking about was, to them, the capstone of that effort. They now have the report on the table from the international health body that says the laboratory release theory is the least likely possibility, even though there's no evidence for any of the others. And China's preferred conspiracy theories, like it came out of an American biolab, are being treated as if they were serious and, and we'll never know. I mean, basically, that whole report is who's saying, throwing up its hands and saying, we'll never know where this thing came from. That's the only way to really interpret it. That's a win for China. You know, and I had I lost track of how many things and people they've actually blamed, right? Because there was the army soldiers running the marathon there, and uh, they blamed India. They blamed a couple of other places. So China has this this revolving door of blame that they have been using. And when you talked about the political war, one aspect of that was making sure that nobody called it the Wuhan virus anymore or the China virus because they didn't want to be tied to it in any way. And, you know, Western social justice warriors were all too happy to accommodate them and continue to spread Chinese Communist Party propaganda. And now we've got this report like you're talking about where the World Health Organization, who has admitted freely in press conferences, they knew that this virus was transmitted from person to person in December. And yet all the way through mid-January was publicly telling everybody that wasn't the case. So we've got a real problem with the World Health Organization, but we also have the, the WHO advisor who says that this report isn't very credible. So there's at least some resistance to this latest report. Is that true? Yes, and I think that's a really interesting development. The director general of the World Health Organization, uh, the, the head of that group, is known to be sympathetic to China generally, Dr. Tedros. But he came out and said that report isn't really credible. He backed away from it, surprisingly so, when it came out. And I think when you get to the bottom of what he and other officials at the organization have said, it all boils down to them saying, hey, we'll never know where this thing came from, so take this report as our final word, you know, and let's move on. That's what everybody's kind of chanting in unison now. It's time to move on and work out a pandemic treaty and make sure that there aren't any future pandemics. But I think the, the more cynical people involved in this would say they're just accepting the reality that China will never permit a full investigation that would actually reveal the origins of the coronavirus. So we're going to go through the motions and try to flesh out these other theories. And meanwhile, let's look to the future and have good policies. I read that entire report. It's about 120 pages long. It's pretty dense in the middle of it. But the most interesting thing about it is that there's almost no evidence for the concept of animals in nature spreading the coronavirus. That's the preferred theory. That's the most likely theory, they tell us. And yet they can't find any animals that actually did it. They found animals that have caught the coronavirus from humans, but they have yet to find animals that transferred it to each other or that could plausibly have given it to humans. And they've studied a huge volume of samples, and they can't find that missing link. And that's really interesting. 
interesting. And some of the, the scientists pushing back against this report have said that lack of evidence is quite damning. They should have found those animals, but they can't. And again, we're talking with John Hayward. He's with Breitbart News. He's the National Security Deputy Editor. Um, a while back, relatively early on in, in, well, I would say right before we got into last summer, John, there was a, a report that came out. It was a Russian, I, I think he was a, a virologist. I'm not exactly sure. I'm trying to draw from memory now. And he said that in, in the Wuhan laboratory, they were doing, quote, crazy things. Now, he said that they weren't doing it in a nefarious way. They were trying to, I guess, work on HIV. And, of course, the uh, the NIH has, you know, a history with working with Wuhan for HIV and everything else. But um, he said that what they were doing, essentially, is they were creating viruses from animals that could leak to human beings in order to try and fight them off. And that was supposed to help them in their fight against HIV. And he felt that that was extremely dangerous because now you're creating a whole new category of infectious diseases that we didn't have before. And lo and behold, we've got a coronavirus now. They tell us it comes from bats, right? And, and here it is infecting human beings all over the world, even though there's very little evidence that this could even happen in nature, like you just pointed out. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's an interesting disease. You know, it's obviously horrible, and it's destroyed the entire world. It's it's shaken the world order to its very core, but we still don't really know exactly where it came from or exactly how all this got started, and none of the theories that we're looking at really fit the pattern of actual events that occurred. There's another story from before the pandemic began that the Chinese found some hideous disease in a cave somewhere. There was a cave not in Wuhan, but it was elsewhere in China, and some miners working in that cave got really, really sick and the disease they caught was brought to Wuhan for study and that some people think might have been what eventually became the coronavirus that we all know and love that that that's how it started so it could have been essentially benevolent scientific research or, or towards the idea of making cures not making a bioweapon but that doesn't change how dangerous the thing was or how it got released and until now it's been common knowledge the Chinese laboratories have very poor security procedures they of course bristle yes. with umbrage if you say this but this is like the worst kept secret in the world, that their laboratories have terrible security procedures and they're constantly losing track of materials that were given to them and having security breaches. Yeah, there was actually an inspection of this lab just a couple of years before the uh, the pandemic hit that said that there was great risk for anything getting out of this thing. So, you know, I, I talked about that early on in the pandemic too. It used to, we used to hear a lot about Europe, maybe potentially the United States, obviously with uh, regime change now in the U.S., that changes a little bit. Um, where the world was essentially looking to hold China responsible for this. Because at the end of the day, whether China intentionally released it or if it escaped from their lab, China clearly, clearly throttled the WHO and the international response while allowing it to spread globally with these international flights. And that is the, the one thing that nobody seems to disagree on at all, and China doesn't really have a defense on. We used to hear about this. We're going to make China pay. There's going to be something that happens from that after this pandemic is over. I don't hear any talk about that now. Have you heard any rumblings about that going forward or have countries basically said, we're just going to try and move on beyond this and look at this new treaty? I would say probably the only rumblings you hear about that come from Australia, which has been one of the most severe critics, the Australian government of China. And they've been demanding a full and open investigation, and the Chinese have been making economic war against them to punish yeah. them for doing that, for, for demanding the, to, to find out where the coronavirus came from. They seem like they're pushing pretty hard. But most of the rest of the world, I think, is slowly, gradually knuckling under to China's demands, mostly because they feel like it's a fait accompli. I think that's the vibe you get from this 
this World Health Organization report that this is the best we can do. We're never going to be able to answer these questions. And China is not so subtly telling everybody, if you keep hassling us about the coronavirus, we'll punish you. If you hassle us about human rights and, and the abuses that we visit upon the people that are captive people in China, we will punish you. We'll, we'll make that hurt if you cause problems for us. But if you get along with us and you do what we want, then we can all get rich together. That's the message that China is, is sending around the world. And after this grueling, demoralizing year of the pandemic, that, that's a message that resonates in some quarters. There are people that are willing to just call this a draw and say, we'll never really know what happened in early 2020, but now we have to live in the new world that the coronavirus has made. And for my audience's benefit, let's not forget that China bought up all of Australia's PPE at the beginning of this thing, and they were basically left on their own. Uh, well, mm -hmm. John Hayward, great articles. you got three really great ones I'm going to put in my daily show prep for my audience today. I thank you so much for the time. I really wish I had more time with you, but we'll get you on another time again. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right. We appreciate it. we got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So yesterday we started off the show with they have no shame. Members of the media who lie to you on a regular basis, politicians who lie to you on a regular basis, um, any blue checkmark brigader on social media who lies to you gets caught and they have no shame. They're not embarrassed by it. They come back and they lie to you again. And I also told you that CBS, after spending a couple of years trying to rebuild their reputation, CBS is all of a sudden, they're throwing it out at the window and they're discrediting themselves again. 60 Minutes is running a fake story that has been debunked on Governor Ron DeSantis. And it's even a Democratic mayor in Florida is saying, I have told them the truth and they are ignoring it. CBS is straight up lying to everybody about Governor DeSantis. And, and the thing is, is CBS doesn't care. 60 Minutes doesn't care. Their media allies are repeating the debunked lies. They don't care. They're just still doing it. Why? Because DeSantis is a threat to run for president and he must be destroyed. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.